I invite you all to join in an attitude of worship. Stand as you are able and join us in the call to worship. In the midst of strife, God is with us. In the anguish and grief of everyday living, God is with us. Come, let us open our hearts and spirits to the Lord. Please remain standing and join us in the singing hymn 480 in the Blue United Methodist Bible Hymnal and on the screens.
Chapters 15, verses 3 through 7. Jesus told them, told this parable. Suppose someone among you had 100 sheep and lost one of them. Wouldn't he, wouldn't he leave the other 99 in the pasture and search for the lost one, one until he finds it? And when he finds it, he is thrilled and places it on his shoulders. When he arrives home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, Celebrate with me, because I found my lost sheep. In the same way, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who changes both heart and life over the 99 righteous people who have no need to change their hearts and lives. The word, word of the Lord for the people of God. The hymn of grace is 121. to invite forward Annalisa, Jay, Brandon, and Cora as we have the opportunity and privilege this morning to celebrate in the sacrament of holy baptism. We're putting them on a stage with a whole group of people looking at them. That's nerve-wracking for anybody, huh? I heard a rumor that Cora thought swimsuits might be needed for this occasion but her mom did not comply with that request, huh? <laughs> All right, it is a joy today to have the opportunity to baptize Jay, Brandon, and Cora and to reaffirm Annalisa's baptism. And for us as a congregation to remember and reaffirm our commitment to them as a family, to uphold them, to strengthen them, to raise these children in the faith and to stand beside them as they journey through this life, seeking to follow in the footsteps of Christ, I pray that they will know that we as a church family are on that journey with them, that we are an arm to lean on, a body to support you during the difficult times, and here to celebrate with you during the good times. So I want to take a moment. I know many of you know Annalisa, you grew up here, and they may have some good memories to share that I can hear about later. And Brandon and Cora were seeing grow up right in front of us. Um, I learned that they are just 15 months apart. 
So, you know what that means. There's always fun to be had, and so what a wonderful thing today to celebrate with them. But I also wanted to take a moment to introduce Jay to you. Jay Judy was born in Georgia, grew up here in Ohio. He's a driver for Precision Strip, is that correct? All right. Jay, um, we spent last Sunday talking together for quite a while and getting to know one another. He and Annalisa have been together for two years. You've become an important part of their lives, helping to raise these children in the faith, and we thank you for that commitment that you've taken on. And Jay is very eager to grow in his relationship with Christ. He's been digging into the scriptures, studying every day, spending time in prayer, and came to me with the sincere desire to be baptized in this church and to take on the membership that that means in the body of Christ. And so, Jay, we thank you for sharing in this uh, sacrament with us today and your willingness to come forward and to demonstrate your faith, your growing faith to everybody here. And we offer our support to you as you continue to seek and grow. Now I'd like to invite us all to follow along in the liturgy of holy baptism as you'll see on your screens. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. and Brandon and Cora Peeler for baptism. I present Annalisa Hughes to reaffirm her faith. Jay and Annalisa will be speaking today on behalf of the children, since they're not quite yet old enough to know the words that they're saying, so their parents make the promise to them to love them, support them, to teach them what these words mean as they grow and as they mature in the faith. So Jay, you'll be saying the words for yourself, and both of you will be saying, making this promise for Brandon and Cora this morning as well. So I ask on behalf of the whole church, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression, in whatever forms they present themselves? Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord, in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? Will you nurture these children in Christ's holy church, that by your teaching and example, they may be guided to accept God's grace for themselves, to profess their faith openly, and to lead a Christian life. According to the grace given to you, will you remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world? Now I ask you, the congregation, do you, as Christ's body, the church, reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? We do. Will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include these persons now before you in your care? With God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. 
we will surround these persons with a community of love and, and forgiveness, that they may grow in their trust of God and be found faithful in their service to others. We will pray for them, that they may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life. Let us join together in professing the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments. Do you believe in God the Father? God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven is seated at the right hand of the Father and will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and you brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Tell of God's mercy each day. In the fullness of time, O God, you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John, anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Declare Christ. works in the nations. Glory. Mighty God, pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and those who will receive it, to wash away their sin and clothe them in righteousness. Throughout their lives, that dying and being raised with Christ, they may share in his final victory. All praise to you, Eternal Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ with you and the Holy Spirit, lives and reigns forever. Amen. Annalisa, I'll invite you to come forward. Annalisa Marie, remember your baptism and be thankful. Amen. And now Jay, I'll invite you to come over. You guys can join him over here. Jay Aaron, I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Brandon and Cora, can you guys come over here with Mom and Jay? <laughs> yeah, there you go. 
Brandon, I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> Cora Jean, I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Annalisa, Jay, Brandon, and Cora, may the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now it is our joy to welcome our newest brothers and sisters in Christ. Through baptism, you are incorporated by the Holy Spirit into God's new creation and made to share in Christ's royal priesthood. We are all one in Christ Jesus. With joy and thanksgiving, we welcome you as members of the family of Christ. Members of the household of God, I commend these persons to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. As members together with you in the body of Christ, and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant, faithfully participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. The God of all grace, who has called us to eternal glory in Christ, establish you and strengthen you by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you may live in grace and in peace. Amen. It is our joy to welcome our newest brothers and sisters in Christ, and I invite us all to give them a round of applause to celebrate them. One of the special things we do when we baptize infants or children is share together in a special hymn. And I want you to listen carefully to the words of this um, you're going to get to hear it a couple more times still this month, so you're really going to know it. But child of blessing, child of promise, as we sing this together, we're going to present them with a few gifts and certificates. And we also, our penny jars, um, reminders that our time with our children, raising them in the footsteps of Christ, is precious. Now when you look at it, it seems like a lot. A penny for each week until they turn 18 years old. But boy, does it fly by. And as I've offered before, sometimes the pennies are really nice and shiny and pretty because sometimes there are days and weeks like that. But then there are some that are kind of dirty and grungy and maybe a little bent and not the prettiest ones in the jar because there are also days and weeks like that too, times that are harder. But those are the times when we rely on our brothers and sisters in Christ. Call upon them to support us, to support you as a family. 
And may this be a reminder of how precious that time is, how fleeting, and how important what you're doing, the work that you're doing to raise these children truly is. So may we sing together these words. to share in this wonderful moment this morning and we welcome you and please join us downstairs so we can get to know you all and say congratulations to the kids all right all right thank you now at this time I invite our children to come forward as mr. Terry shares our children's message this morning color that will be about today's message. And if I can sit down here next to you. When the scripture was read this morning, they talked about a lamb, or several lambs actually. How many total lambs? It's a math question. A hundred. How many lambs were lost? Josie? And what did the shepherd do? Thank you. Did he just say, ah, it's just one lamb. We got more. Okay, the shepherd went to look for the lamb. Have you ever lost anything? Yeah. yeah. Toys? Toys. Oh, did you go look for them? Did you find them? Sometimes you find them, sometimes you don't. Let me ask you another type of lost question. Have you ever been out somewhere, like at the store with your family, and you got lost? Yeah. It felt kind of scary. Sure, it's scary. Nobody wants to be lost yet. I've gotten lost at the park before. That's why you've got to be careful. That you can always see your parents or your other family members so that you don't get lost. Well, the message is that sometimes we may feel lost, but we're never really lost because Jesus is always there for us. And Jesus will look for us in the deepest, darkest places in our lives 
today and always throughout your life. And that's what this picture will show. You can color it however you like, but it shows the shepherd with the lost sheep that he went to find. And I don't know where that sheep was. Do you know where it was? Anyone? It was in a cliff. You think so? Well, maybe you're right. I don't know. It wasn't there. But, so, if you would join me in a brief prayer, please. Dear Lord, you are the good shepherd. We are thankful that you came to save those of us who are lost. You celebrate when one of your lost children is found because no one is worthless to you. We stand humbled and in awe that you count us among your most prized possessions. Give us eyes to see the priceless value of every living soul. For the sake of the one who became human, for the sake of our souls, Jesus Christ, our Savior. In his name we pray, amen. second scripture reading is Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. Jesus and his disciples came to the other side of the lake, to the region of Gerasenes. As soon as Jesus got out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out of the tombs. This man lived among the tombs, there, and no one was ever strong enough to restrain him, even with chains. He had been secured many times with leg irons and chains, but he broke the chains and smashed the leg irons. No one was tough enough to control him. Night and day, the tombs and hills, he would howl and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from far away, he ran and knelt before him, shouting, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Swear to God that you won't torture me. He said this because Jesus had commanded him, unclean spirit, come out of the man. Jesus asked him, what is your name? He responded, legion is my name because we are of many. They pleaded with Jesus to not send them out of the region. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the hillside. Send us to the pigs, they begged. Let us go unto the pigs. Jesus gave them permission to go into the pigs. So the unclean spirits left the man and went to the pigs. Then the herd of about 2,000 pigs 
rushed down the cliff into the lake and drowned it. Those who tended the pigs ran and told the story in the city of in the countryside. People came to see what had happened. They told Jesus and Jesus and saw the man that who used to be demon possessed. They saw a very man who had been filled with many demons sitting there fully dressed and completely sane. And they were filled with awe. Those who had actually seen what had happened to the demon possessed man told the others about the pigs. Then they pleaded with Jesus to leave their region. While he was climbing into the boat, one of one who had been demon possessed with Jesus led him come along as one of his disciples, but Jesus wouldn't allow it. Go home to your own people, Jesus said, and tell them that the Lord has done for you and how he has shown you mercy. And the man went away to proclaim in the ten cities that Jesus had done for him, and everyone was amazed. The word for the people of God. In the 1930s, Ernest Hemingway wrote a story called The Capital of the World. In this story, he told of a Spanish father whose teenage son had run away from home. The father desperately wanted to reconcile with his son, but he knew he would never find him by himself just wandering the streets of Madrid. So as the story goes, the father took out an ad in the local paper, and the ad read, Paco, meet me at the Hotel Montana at noon on Tuesday. All is forgiven. Love, Papa. Now, Paco is such a common name in Spain that there was a problem. When the father showed up at the hotel the next day at noon, there wasn't just his son. There were 800 young men named Paco waiting for their fathers. You may ask what brought them all to that hotel, and as Hemingway puts it, it was the simple words, all is forgiven. All is forgiven. Think about that for a moment. There are so many things the father could have written. All will be forgiven if, or all will be forgiven when. But instead, he simply wrote, all is forgiven. No conditions, no strings attached. Just a father's love and forgiveness and mercy. It almost seems like too much, doesn't it? Can we really just forgive people like that? Can we really go around loving people like that? For five weeks now, we have been following the life and the ministry of Jesus through the lens of a book by United Methodist Pastor Reverend Tom Berlin, the book entitled Reckless Love. We've focused our attention on Christ's command to love God and to love our neighbor. Many of you have shared with me how influential this book has been on your life. 
how it's shaped you over these past five weeks. And I've loved hearing your stories of how that one simple phrase, love first, begin with love. How that has refocused your commitment to living out your faith in this world. It is my hope and prayer that we are all beginning to see one another, to see our neighbors, even to see our enemies in a new way, to see them through the eyes of Christ. But it seems there's always a problem or a conflict that arises. In fact, Jesus bumped into that conflict almost everywhere he went. Reverend Berlin explains it like this. He says, the root of all this conflict is a simple question of who's in and who's out. Our scripture reading this morning from Luke tells us the story of a group of people who were sure that they were in. The Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees, all religious leaders of Jesus' day, and they believed they were in because they deserved to be in. They kept God's laws. They studied, they learned, they followed even the most minute details of the Mosaic law. By all outward appearances, they were living within the will of God and they deserved God's favor. But here's the problem. Because they followed the law so closely, with no room for even the slightest error, they were impatient, they were easily frustrated with people who did not fulfill the law in the same ways that they did. Reverend Berlin says the religious leaders of Jesus' day demonstrate a pitfall common among religious people even today. He writes... Those who are most committed, if they are not careful, can become self-righteous. They begin to think that they should control the doors that determine who's in and who's out. This is especially true if we think that we are in. If we think that we're in, not because of God's love or God's grace, but because we've made the right decisions, because we've done the right things, because we've taken commitments seriously. You know, unlike the other people out there. And I can't help but wonder if maybe one of the biggest obstacles in our pursuit of being Christian is when we start to think that we have this whole thing figured out. And when we start pointing fingers at others who aren't as good at it as us. Because when we start to think we have it all figured out, when we start to believe we're the only ones doing it right, I am convinced that we are probably not doing it right. But if you want to make the commandment to love God and neighbor more manageable then the easiest thing to do is to identify large groups of people and say this commandment doesn't apply to them. 
Berlin writes, once we decide that some people are unworthy of our love, then we can safely place them far beyond the gravitational pull of our relational orbit. We no longer have to figure out how to love them if we can judge that they are not worthy of our love to begin with. Then listen to this. He says, maybe the opposite of love isn't hate, but unyielding neglect. Maybe the opposite of love isn't hate, but unyielding neglect. You see, over and over again, Jesus showed us that his love was not to be divvied out to some more than others. In fact, his very lack of category or distinction between those who deserved his attention and those who didn't often got him into trouble. We might even say it cost him his life. Jesus talked to Samaritan women. Jesus ate with sinners. He healed sinners. He spent his time with sinners. And it drove the religious leaders crazy. He was breaking laws. He was crossing lines. He went out of his way to intervene, to help, to heal the very people who had been written off as less than. Those who had been devalued, those who were vulnerable. In our reading from Mark, Jesus has an encounter with a man who was said to have an unclean spirit. In that day, people who were physically sick or mentally ill or those who struggled with chronic diseases, they were considered outcasts. They were sent away, isolated from the community. And this man that Jesus had encountered, Mark describes his suffering in one sentence. He says, night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always howling and bruising himself with stones. Mark wants us to know, wants us to take notice that this man is out. He has been pushed to the outskirts. At one time, maybe he was in. He may have had a normal life, a family, a job. Maybe he even had a place of status in the community. But now he was living among the dead in a cemetery. Reverend Berlin acknowledges a harsh truth. He says, most of us move away from such people, not toward them. But not Jesus. Jesus encounters them not as people who are unsafe, but as people who are unseen. And here's the part of the story that really caught my attention. Berlin points out that Jesus never just traveled around aimlessly. He always had a sense of purpose. So this was no chance encounter in a cemetery. Jesus wanted his disciples, his disciples then and his disciples now, to witness this encounter. And even with this demon-possessed man running at him, Jesus stayed put. 
He looked him in the eyes and he asked the name of the unclean spirit living in him. You see, even before healing him, Jesus is revealing this man's value, his vulnerability. Now listen to the observation that Tom Berlin makes. He writes, like the people in the villages near that cemetery, we would often prefer to turn a blind eye to the demons in the lives of people we meet. In our larger community, We'd rather turn a blind eye rather than make an effort to learn their names and evict them. It can feel like the demons are too big for us to handle. He goes on to tell the story about a school down the street that had been negatively impacted by high crime rates. But he said no one shows up to ask how they might help the teachers and the staff succeed. He says there are homeless and hungry people that crowd a local shelter and pantry. But no one wants to talk about affordable housing or long-term plans to help. So often we take the approach out of sight, out of mind. And I have to ask, does that maybe sound familiar? The details may be different, but even we, the good Christian folk of Ada, Ohio, have our own groups of vulnerable people to whom we turn a blind eye because it's safer, because it's easier. But do you remember the other passage we heard? Yes, there are 99 great sheep right here in this pasture. But that one who wandered off, the one who got lost, that one matters too. And maybe the greatest indication of our love to our neighbor isn't just about loving those 99 wonderful sheep who have stayed put, but how we have loved the one that got lost. Berlin explains the critical power that Jesus can offer us is the ability to love others because we see the value not only of who they are, but of who they can be with God's help. And here's what God's placed on my heart today. Maybe you're hearing this story, hearing these scriptures, standing in the shoes of those religious leaders. And you're being called to open your heart, to turn towards someone who needs your love, not your judgment. Or maybe you're hearing this as that one lost sheep and you find yourself alone, lost, vulnerable. But please hear me, even if you may be lost, you are not a lost cause. All are worthy of being found and our shepherd will not rest until all of us are found, until all are enfolded in the embrace of the shepherd's arms. 
Finally, friends, I want you to notice what happened after Jesus cast out the demons from the man in the cemetery. Do you remember? Yeah, the demons leapt into a herd of pigs who fell from a cliff and drowned. But what I really want you to notice, as Jesus was preparing to leave, it says the man who had been demon-possessed ran to him and pleaded, let me come with you. Let me come as one of your disciples. And do you know what Jesus told him? No. Jesus said, no, you can't come with me because your ministry, your mission is here. Go home and tell your own people what the Lord has done for you. I hope you can hear your own call in Jesus' words. A call that says Christ has shown you love and grace when you were lost. So go now and give that same love and grace to someone in your life who needs to know that Christ is still looking for them and that Christ will not stop looking for them. Because in God's kingdom, every single one of us is a child of God, valued and loved. Let us pray. Gracious and compassionate God, you open your arms in love wider than we could ever open ours, wider than we would even dare. Today, may we discover ways to make the circles of those with whom we share your love even larger, especially the vulnerable people in our world those in our lives who most need to feel the transforming touch of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
choir. At this time, we remember, we recognize the blessings that God pours out on us. The gift of a new day, of this time together with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we pause in this moment to offer our thanksgiving to God and to respond out of the generosity of our hearts to offer to God all that we are in service to his kingdom. I want to invite us all to stand and sing together the words of our doxology, which is on page 95. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. that God's spirit may be at work moving in this place, calling out to us. May we listen. May we feel. May we experience God working among us right now. May we know that God hears us, that God answers our prayers. I invite you to join me in an attitude of prayer. Merciful Lord, you are the good shepherd. You are the shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. And we say thank you. We thank you that you know us and that you call us each by name. We thank you because we know that you would search, that you would never give up searching even for just one missing sheep, that you would not rest until you bring each and every one of us back into the fold. How incredible is your love, O oh God. By your love and your mercy, we have been made new. We have been reconciled to you and to one another. Father God, we thank you for always meeting us. God, we confess the sins that we have done, the things that we have left undone, and we know that you rejoice when we come with humility, when we ask for your pardon, the pardon that you have already given. So now, Father, we pray, forgive us. Forgive us when we stumble and when we stray. Forgive us when we get, become distracted and we lose our path. Be the one to whom we turn, the shepherd who leads us safely back to the fold. 
It is in your name, O Lord, and through the birth and life and death and resurrection of your Son that we find this assurance of your forgiveness and your redemption. And now we lift to before you, Father, our brothers and sisters who are in need of your loving care. We lift up Kay Rex, who fell last night and broke her pelvis. Lord, as she's being cared for at Lima Memorial, we pray for your hand of comfort and healing to be upon her. May she find the assurance of your peace even in the midst of this setback. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up Laura Smith, who recently tested positive for COVID. We pray that your spirit, O oh God, will strengthen both Laura and Jean in the days ahead as she battles this virus. May we seek to surround them, to lift them in prayer and through our care. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up Molly as she continues to battle cancer. Lord, when there's good news and bad news, Lord, we just hand over to you. We trust in your path. And God, we pray that you will lift Molly's spirit, strengthen her, allow her to continue this fight. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up Nancy Fleming as she continues to deal with the effects of kidney disease. Lord, we pray for your care, for your healing hand to be upon her. We pray for Ron as he walks this journey and stands by her side, give him strength. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up Andy Pfeiffer's brother, Sean, who has come home with Andy to rest and to regain strength. Mighty God, we pray your hand of mercy rest on Sean as he recuperates. We also pray for Andy as she seeks to care for him in the days ahead. Give her strength and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We continue to lift up Susie Clausen's husband, Gary. God, we pray that you will continue to be at work bringing healing to his body. That you'll be with Susie as she cares for him. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We especially lift up today those who find themselves seeking to recover and rebuild following the destruction of Hurricane Ian. For those who have lost loved ones, we pray for comfort. For those who have lost their homes and their possessions, we pray for your strength and guidance. Lord, may your presence be known. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We thank you, God, for hearing us. We thank you for answering our prayers, even in ways that we do not yet understand. I ask today, O oh God, 
that you will open our hearts, that you allow us to feel the power of your love for us. Help to free us from our fears and our prejudices so that we might see your love in action in the lives of those around us. Comfort and calm our spirits. Enable us to become disciples of your Son, Jesus Christ. All these things we pray in the name of Christ, who taught us to pray by saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now, as children of God, forgiven, reconciled, and redeemed, may we stand and sing together the words of our closing hymn, number 378, Amazing Grace. <clears throat> Understanding among us. Let peace and friendship be our shelter from life's storms. Adonai, help us to walk with good companions, to live with hope in our hearts and eternity in our thoughts, that we may lie down and rise up waiting 
to do your will. Amen.